Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. James Golden with you. 800-848-WABC is the number to give us a call if you'd like to participate on today's program. 800-848-WABC. Numerically, we can express it as 8489-2222. And news is bursting at the seams. This is a big day, of course, in Washington, D.C. The Senate will be voting on voting rights, supposedly voting rights. It's, it's really has nothing to do with voting rights. And in the course of it, the filibuster, the Senate filibuster, whether to continue or not, will be voted on. The popular consensus is that this is going to be a failed day. I'd like to offer a little bit of political analysis on this that you're not going to hear anywhere else. And I, before I do, I have to set the stage. But before we even get there, I just want to go through a few other of the headlines that we have. Of course, many of you know New York's Attorney General has outlined what she's saying is a pattern of possible fraud at Trump, Donald Trump's businesses. And <clears throat> this story is not even worth it. New York's Attorney General has been going after Donald Trump ever since he announced for the presidency. This is a nakedly political persecution. It is not a prosecution. She singled out Donald Trump for her political wrath and used the office of the Attorney General of New York State to try to persecute President Trump and his family. This is what happens in banana republic nations. This woman is a disgrace as New York's Attorney General with all that New Yorkers are facing. In the past three years, with businesses being shut down by the state, with crime rampant and spiraling out of control in this state and in the state cities, this woman, her political wrath was against two of her opponents. One was Governor Cuomo, and look at what has happened there. As soon as she succeeded with her quest to take down Governor Cuomo, they dropped all the charges because it was, well, for any number of reasons. And now she's continuing her quest to take down President Trump and his family. She's trying to succeed. This is a political persecution This is not about law. It is not about doing the right thing. The suspect in the fatal New York City subway attack is to be arraigned today on murder charges, was arraigned, and is from his hospital bed. His hospital bed, psychiatric. And a judge has ordered a psychiatric evaluation He's been in and out of, as we talked about yesterday, psychiatric facilities for almost 20 years. This is a failure of your state and your city to protect you. He had no business on the 
streets. This is a failure of government. And Michelle Goldwoman that was killed while looking at her phone pushed onto the subway tracks into an oncoming train. Her death is a testament to the failure of government here in New York. The failure of government in New York is being echoed out on the West Coast. A young woman there, UCLA grad student Brianna Brianna Kumpfner, was brutally slain at her job. She was working in a furniture store. She was alone in La Brea. We have another career criminal, long rap sheet, spanning both the East Coast and the West Coast, who was free on a $1,000 bond. These are these prosecutors, just like this one that we have now, this Alvin Bragg, who wants to let criminals on the street. The same thing has happened in Los Angeles. George Gasson <clears throat> is one of these district attorneys right out of the Alvin Bragg school. Let the criminals go. Don't file charges against them unless you must. And you have people there that are protesting him the same way here because these innocent women, innocent people are being killed in our cities by these long-term criminals who are being released as a matter of public policy by Democrat prosecutors. Nobody. This is from a fellow L.A. prosecutor out there. Nobody should have a district attorney who refuses to file charges against murderers and rapists and child abusers to the fullest extent of the law. That person does not deserve to be district attorney. That is what L.A. prosecutor by the name of Hamadi says. Hatami, I'm sorry. But it is happening across the cities. These prosecutors are letting, willfully letting, criminals with horrible psychiatric uh, track records and also brutal violent track records out onto the streets to prey upon you, the citizens of the United States. It's happening in New York. It's happening in L.A. It's happening in San Francisco and everywhere Democrats rule. A tragedy in Pennsylvania. Three police officers have been charged in connection with the shooting death of an eight-year-old girl. This was coming out of a local football game there, the Academy Park High School football game. A 16-year-old, Angelio A.J. Ford, got into argument with Hassine Strand. They, 19 years old, 16-year-old, they started shooting each other at each other. Three policemen responded, discharged their service weapons in the directions where these shots were coming from. An innocent young girl was killed. Now the police officers have been charged in her death. This out-of-control violence. In Virginia, liberals, and let's make no mistake about it, who they are, liberals, are so incensed that the governor there has said he wants parents to have a voice in whether their children should have to wear masks, that they're already filing suit. In Richmond Public Schools, the superintendent has vowed, screw the governor, screw the elected, 
the, the, the election of this man. We're just going to continue to do what we're going to do because we're liberals and we don't care. And so they're filing suit against the new governor, Doug Youngkin. The first legal challenge came from Chesapeake parents, a group of parents who sued him because he is, and, and by the way, there are plenty of legals that are weighing in on this thing. You know, this governor's on sound grind because, ground because the CDC has not mandated masks. They recommend them. And all the governor is saying is, hey, listen, parents will be able to choose whether their kids have to mask up all day long. And these liberals, including that arrogant Jen Psaki, are twisted and they are full of already vitriol for this new governor for basically giving parents a stake in their own children's futures and lives. There is a story that has gone viral from upstate New York. Pictures emerged of lunch that was served to children at Parish Hopkinton Central School in that school district. Parishville School Lunches shows a bunch of carrots, some things that are supposed to be like chicken nuggets. To me, they look more like, well, well, they look more like bathroom things, um, what appears to be rice, some milk, and, and I don't know what these condiments are. And, and he shared the picture of it. It went viral. It says the unsavory-looking meal consisting of four small chicken nuggets, a few appetizing carrots, and a small white. And so now people are up in, in, in arms as, what are you feeding our children in schools? There's another picture of just like a slab of something that looks a hash brown mission and three pieces of an orange and something else. And I I just have one question. I'm so sorry to ask. If this is what they're sending your kids in in school and saying, okay, here's your lunch, swallow down this stuff. Do you think maybe your kids, high school students, or you might get up a little bit early Make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, wrap it in aluminum foil, put it in a brown paper bag, and send it along with the kid and say, hey, when lunchtime comes, rather than eat those four unsavory chicken nuggets, four dried-out carrots and some rice, here's a sandwich. Here's something for you to eat. We are now past the point in America where people can feed themselves, at least school students, And so now things are going viral because this government schools are feeding your kids what looks almost worse than prison food. After all the billions of dollars you pay, incidentally. We are going to do political analysis on what is going in Washington. As I said, I wanted to get some of these other stories out of the way because we rarely have time to get to everything. This is a story that needs a lot of attention It is not going to get the kind of attention in the mainstream press that it deserves, and that's what's going on with this 5G wireless rollout uh, across the country. The president of the Emirates has slammed America's 5G fiasco. He says it's the most delinquent, irresponsible mess he's seen in his 50-year aviation career. He's blaming it on Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, 
who he says knew the impending crisis was coming. People have been writing him saying, hey, we this is going to be a disaster. AT&T, Verizon have been switching on their 400, their 4,500 towers to bring faster service across the United States. 50 airports have buffers around the states, but some major airports, apparently, like Denver, Atlanta, Boston, Memphis, Houston, buffers against these new 5G signals, and people are worried that they can interfere with the flights. Now, when all this was going on and the rollout was going, what was Pete Buttigieg doing? He was sending pictures to us while he was on paternity leave, while he's supposedly transportation secretary, of he and his husband, Chasen, and their babies. Because it's more important for him to make sure that we know that he's a gay man and he's have and he's capable of having babies and actually doing the job that the American people vis-a-vis Joe Biden hired him to do, which is to deal with America's transportation. This man is incompetent. And Pete Buttigieg needs to be fired over this fiasco. He won't be because Democrats accept incompetence. Your TSA, ladies and gentlemen, your Transportation Safety Administration has, it has been revealed, has been flying illegal immigrants around the country without the that you need. They are able to use, get this, arrest warrants, arrest warrants to get through our transportation security security system as illegal immigrants are being flown around the country, presumably by the government. This came as a whistleblower sent word of what was going on to a representative uh, from Texas, Lance Gooden, and he released it to the rest of the country. And the TSA is not denying this, by the way. There are no denials here. Now, you and I can't do this. We can't walk up to the airport and say, oh, we don't have the right identification. Oh, but guess what? I have an arrest warrant. Can you take that? And they'll say, oh, say, sure, get on the plane with your arrest warrant. But illegal immigrants in America have more rights than you. This is what the Democrats are doing to the United States of America. Meanwhile, the White House says it is baffled. We don't know how the terrorist Faisal Akram, who got into the synagogue in Texas and committed, we don't know why we let him in the country. We don't know how we got through our massive security system at TSA. Well, all you have to do if you're an illegal is show an arrest warrant. We don't know how we got in, but we're going to try to find out. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, coming back. We're going to do political analysis on Today in Washington. And I want to warn you in advance, I am not trying to give anybody any cover this is just political analysis. James Golden, Snurdly, with you here. WABC, coming right back. Don't go
WABC. Talk Radio 77, New York City, greatest city in the world. Oh, my friends, and it's a struggle to remain the greatest city in the world with what these liberals are doing to our city. Stephanie Mills. Stayed in my head. Covering the Peebo Bryson hit. Feel. Of the fire. You wanted me. Now, speaking of feeling the fire, let us get on with this political analysis. And again, I'm going to issue a disclaimer up front. I'm not trying to give anybody any cover. Okay? Because I am, in a way delighted to see some of the things that are transpiring in Washington today. But the analysis on this that I've been reading, to me, is all dead wrong. Everywhere. I've been reading the same analysis. Let me give you an example of some of the stories that are out today. Schumer prepares for Senate floor showdown with Manchin and Cinema, And uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is finally giving his progressive colleagues a chance to vent their frustrations with Joe Manchin and Kirstein Cinema over the stalled Democrat agenda. He says today he's moving ahead with the vote. Uh, yesterday he said the vote, and the vote is supposed to be tonight on this, this so-called Voting Rights Act. And they know it's going to fail. They, know, they knew in advance it was going to fail. Jim Garrity has an amazing piece today. Democrats' so-called voting rights bill is really a progressive wish list, and that's worth reading. Joe Manchin, for his part, is saying, okay, fine. You guys are, are threatening primaries? Bring it on. He says, I've been primaried my entire life. That's nothing new. Bring on the primary challenges to me. Okay. Greg Sargent, Washington Post, attacking Joe Manchin in his opinion piece. Joe Manchin finally makes it plain he's in favor of minority rule. Now, Democrats have an amazing math problem. They don't know what a minority and a majority is. When when Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema vote with Republicans, they will no longer be in the minority. They will be a majority. The majority will decide not to get rid of the filibuster, not a minority. But see, Republicans in the Democrat liberal mind don't count. They're not part of the equation. So this is what liberals like Greg Sargent uh, from the Washington Post and others continue to say. Oh, the, this is, the, the minorities are going to end up, well, by the way, what's so bad about minorities winning once in a while, Greg? But... <clears throat> Bernie Sanders today has said that he would support primary challengers against Democratic colleagues Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. And you you said, yeah, well, yeah, I'd support challenges against them. Earlier yesterday, Emily's list, Democrat, you know, list said they're not going to support Sinema if she doesn't go along with changing the filibuster rules, and so did Snarl. Narrow, Snarl, the pro-choice, the, the pro-abortion, pro-genocide group. Now, let's lay all of this where the blame belongs. And this is why I caution you, I am not giving cover to anybody. 
The Joe Biden agenda is not failing because of Joe Biden. The Joe Biden agenda is not failing because of progressives in the Democrat Party. The Joe Biden agenda, including this phony voting bill, which is just a bunch of trumped-up liberal wish lists, what they're trying to do is take control and nationalize the elections and take power away from Republican legislators across the United States. And they're also trying to fund their own elections through it under the cover of racial, of, of doing something that's racially good for the country, which in fact is horrible. But put aside for a moment how bad this so-called voting rights bill is. It is not a voting rights bill. It is a give Democrats power bill. None of this is the fault of Joe Biden. None of this is the fault of Nancy Pelosi. This entire fiasco that the Democrats are, are, are finding themselves in right now can be laid at the doorstep of Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer, Chuck U. Schumer. Why do I say that politically? And again, I'm not giving them cover. I'm not saying, oh, too bad this is happening. I'm just giving you analysis. This is all Chuck Schumer's doing. It is the job of the Senate Majority Leader to herd the cats, H-E-R-D, not to change the cats. These arguments that Democrats have been using to try to convince Joe Manchin and Kirstein Sinema are nothing but political rhetoric. They are the same political phrases, talking points that the Democrats try to use on the American public. Oh, democracy is at risk. Oh, oh, black voting rights are at risk. No, they're not. And what they're acting like when they try to use these arguments against Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin is that neither Manchin or Cinema are smart enough to understand what's actually in the legislation. They're saying to Cinema, Chuck Schumer has said, we're going to do this, whether it's Build Back Better or whether it's this failed piece of legislation. We're going to ram it down the throats of our own caucus without having first secured the votes. They have never, never tried to politically assure victory. What Chuck Schumer has done is try to bully using the bully pulpit of the pulpit of the Senate minority, majority leader to say we're going to force it and we're going to make them bend to the will of the media who will all jump on them, these two, and we're going to call them racist. And these are people in his own party. These are people that he will need for future votes. What Chuck Schumer has done, he, he signaled that no matter what, he's going to do this by the state. So the House, Pelosi, used her power to say to the House, okay, we're going to vote these bills up. Here they are. And she sent them over to the Senate. Chuck Schumer never had the votes.
He never secured the votes. He never negotiated for the votes to get this done. This is all his ego saying that his ego is more important than that of his fellow senators, Democrats. He's going to force his will upon them. And these are two strong, and I use the words in quote, and I'm not saying good here, so don't be saying, oh, James, what happened? You turned into a Democrat. No, I have not. None of these measures deserve to pass on their merits. I'm just giving you the political analysis. They could have passed if Chuck Schumer did his job, which was number one, see if they could secure some Republican support for them. Mitt Romney has already said, hey, nobody talked to me. Nobody talked to me. Maybe I would have come through for you guys. They had Republicans they could have gone to, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, and a few others, if these were legitimate bills. Or he could have parceled what was in Build Back Better differently and gotten some of it passed. Some of it, either with full Democrat support or by trying to cajole a few Republicans. Or if he saw that all of that was going to fail, never bring up the vote in the first place and embarrass your president. These monumental failures come because Chuck Schumer is the worst Senate majority leader, politically speaking, there has ever been in recent history. He is a man that is driven by his ego, not by what it takes to actually get legislation passed in the Senate. And let me be really clear about something. I've always had sympathy for whoever held the job as Senate Majority Leader because it's a thankless job. The Senate operates on consent from everybody, and that is a really difficult thing to uh, to operate under, politically speaking. I'm not talking ideologically here. You cannot go to professional politicians with the same old BS that you go out to the public with and expect those arguments to work. And for Chuck Schumer to base the entire Biden legislative agenda on that, that they're going to use the same political talking points against Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Sinema, and that's how they're going to push through victory, it is politically stupid. Chuck Schumer, if the Democrats are looking for a scapegoat, if they're looking for the person to blame for their failed presidency of Joe Biden, it is one man and one man alone responsible, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, with you here. 848-WABC's number to call. We're coming right back. Don't go away. Oh knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. The Temptations. And that's what it seems like today in so many quarters. 
a ball of confusion. Keep them moving out, keep them moving in. Why? Because of the color of the skin. Run, 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 but you sure can't hide. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Vote for me and I'll set you free. Yes, my friends. Yeah, well, they got to deal with school lunches over there, too. Can you imagine that? I mean, I'm still reeling over this. You know, you're a dad. You, 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 you come home. It's like you say, oh, my gosh, what's my kid eating? I got a picture, a bunch of carrots, some chicken nuggets, a little rice. Fix your kids some damn lunch. What is wrong with you people? Your kid comes home eating this crap that you wouldn't even throw out to the backyard to the dogs. And you say, oh, let me take a picture and put it on social media. Fix your kid some lunch. Or your kid's 17 or 18 years old. Let them fix their own lunch. Tell them, hey, go to the refrigerator. Fix yourself a sandwich. Take it to school. Oh, goodness. 848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-WABC. Rich, let's go to the phones. Where do we start? All right, James. Good afternoon. Let me just say, when I was in high school, we had a choice of hot lunch. And they usually made, uh, there was like a sandwich, but it wasn't really a sandwich. It was a hero. We had that option. Full hot lunch. And this was Catholic school in high school. Full hot lunch or a cold hero option every day. And $1.50 got you the hot lunch, all you could eat, basically. It was a big Yeah, when I went to school, I didn't get food. school. See, I didn't get school lunch because I didn't, quote, unquote, qualify for school lunch. So we had to take our own money. There were a bunch of stores around the school. Come lunchtime, we'd go choose what store we wanted to go to. We either bring our lunch to school or buy lunch. Right. You know what it was like? And, and by the way, we liked that. It was okay because then you could eat what you wanted to eat for lunch. And then in grammar school, remember, some kids were able to go home for lunch. You were able to leave. You live close by the school. You can go home I for did lunch. that when I, was right. in, when I was in grade school. I went home for lunch. What happened, what happened to that? I don't, this is what I mean. But, but Rich, okay, so your kid comes home, and they show you this picture, this disgusting picture. What are you going to say to your kid? Oh, well, eat it, and, and, and we'll just, I know, kid. Come on, son, we'll post it on social yeah. media. <laughs> he would not be eating that lunch anymore. He'd be. Thank you. Yeah. It would be like, I'm not going to let my kid eat this crap. Oh, man. <laughs> Where do we start? All right. Well, let's stay on subject and speak with Jeff out on the island. Hi, Jeff. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Boats Nerdly. Hi. Thank you for your time. But you, in fact, had a peanut butter and jelly faux pas. And I don't know if you have kids or if they're maybe a I have old. a daughter who's grown. <laughs> yeah. So if you send them to peanut butter, if you send uh, them to school with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you will be shunned. The lunch will be thrown out. Your child will receive the infamous cheese sandwich. And I can assure you from experience, you will have a very angry little face at your table directed at you from your child. Why? Tend to em- Why? Peanut out- 
there's a certain, and in this case, and it's not my kids, an actual science of the peanut allergy amongst all the children. So little children, pre-K, you tell them not to bring the peanut butter and jelly. But I admit, the older ones, once you get into the second and third grade, they're still telling them not to be peanut butter and jelly, at which point, and this is for all the parents even listening in, I think they're old enough to know to stay away from the peanuts. Okay, can't you tell your kid, I hear you, and I hear you. You know, I've been on an airplane where they say we're not going to serve peanuts because somebody in the back has a peanut, excuse me. So everybody can't have peanuts because there's one person back there. Instead of saying, I have a peanut allergy, let me stay away from the peanuts. Everybody can't have peanuts. We can't have peanut and jelly because one kid has a peanut allergy somewhere. What the? That's right. And I fight against it a lot. I fought against it in the city. We're recent uh, refugees out of the city in the last seven months in Long Island now. But it is the same in pretty much everywhere you go. So to protect you, and I love your show. Thank you. Uh, it was a peanut butter and jelly faux pas. Don't Thank tell you. parents to pack peanut butter and jelly because there's going to be a lot of angry kids out there. I'm glad that you called and alerted me to it. And, and thank you so much for, for, for helping to protect me from what would have been ugliness, okay? Yes, parents, send your, give your child a sandwich. I would still send my child to school with peanut butter and jelly and just tell anybody that doesn't like it, stay away from it. Anyway, thank you for the call, Jeff. I appreciate it. Rich, where do we go next? We're going to head out to Queens and speak with Constantine. Constantine, welcome, WABC. Hey, Bo Sterling. Hi, Bo. Constantine. How are you, Bo? I just want to say that you are a prodigy. You're a great man. Love you. Thank you. And about the government failing us, I don't think we're going to see anything get any better anytime soon. And about all this criminal activity that's going on there and all these guys that are all constantly released, I ran into a situation that I want to share with you, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Coming out of the laundromat, I had a guy pull out a knife on me, and I was minding my business, and I got two young kids. I was just going home doing my laundry, 6 o'clock at night. And this all weighs down on my head with the government and what's going on in today's world. Well, I disarmed him. I slapped the knife out of his hand. I disarmed him, and... Needless to say, I got the better of him. Do you believe they came and they arrested me? And the detective never sat me down. They asked me what happened. Look at the cameras right on the street. The guy begged me. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. I was in the service. He said I, he was in the service and he did army time. I said, that's the discipline you have? This is what you do to people in the public street? Anyway, <clears throat> this affected me and bothered me. And I got a very bad taste in my mouth because there are a lot of good officers out there and detectives. But it just—it turned my world, Bo. It turned I can't believe it would turn you world. You disarm someone who's attacking you with a knife, and you get arrested. I am telling you, there is so much out of whack with what is going on today. But let me just encourage you: this, it can be turned around. See, this is what. See, this is the thing, and we we are in danger of it forgetting it now. Even though he was up against hell from the day that he announced Donald Trump when he was president did so much to turn things around. He did. We got one of the first things he did was this amazing cut in regulations for businesses so that they could actually bring jobs back to this country. People said it couldn't be done. He turned things around at the border. And right now, Joe Biden, our border is a mess, which reminds me we are doing a new podcast series called On the Border. It will launch soon. 
and we are going to take you to the border with original reporting, and you will hear what happens there. Both nearly on the border with Todd Benzman, and it is going to start soon. In fact, Rich, do you have a cut from our first episode, which will be cut coming soon? So there, Constantine, thanks for the call. Do not give up hope. We can turn this around, folks. Do you have a cut there, Rich, you can play from this first we one? We sure do. Have it standing by right here. You ready? Okay, go ahead. We, the, the United States, keeps intelligence officers all over Latin America. They're very well aware that there is a huge buildup, 25,000 pooled up in Colombia side of the Darien Gap. That 25,000 would probably get here within the next uh, two weeks. I'm pretty sure that American intelligence officials are well aware of what's coming. And they're also very well aware of how the Mexican government got rid of the, the 50,000 it had bunched up here. Now, this is part of our what is going to be our new podcast series, On the Border. Um, Todd Benzman is, when he spoke with us, was in Guatemala, the other American southern border. And, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, this first episode, you are not going to want to miss it. And we're going to be doing On the Border, I think, either once a week or once every two weeks. So just stay tuned for it. We'll let you know when we're ready to launch the first podcast series, On the Border, most nearly On the Border. Uh, let's go to a break. When we come back, more calls. Individual rates, coverage. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on 77 WABC. Uh, Diana Ross, the Supremes, bring us back. You know, Cats is coming up next, John Katsimatidis. And if you listen to Rudy, you heard him play a cut from one of John's shows earlier with uh, Dr. Fauci, where Fauci was pretty much telling American citizens, don't worry about this COVID thing. Nothing to worry, nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. And Rudy, as Rudy said, there's going to be on WABC's website a lot more information on this. So I urge you, of course, to tune in to Cats coming up right after this show. But also, this story with Fauci is a big deal. It is a very big deal. So worth looking into. Rich, back to the phones. Where are we going? Let us begin in New Jersey and speak with George. George, welcome. How are you? Okay, Bo. I've been uh, listening to, to Rush uh, since the 1989-1990. So I spoke to you a few times in the beginning because uh, near the end uh, I wasn't able to get through. But, Bo, you're, God bless you. You're a great guy. Uh, I have a couple of questions. Number yeah. one, my my first question is, uh, whatever happened to Mark Stein? Mark Stein is on with us every Tuesday, so you can find Mark Stein. He was just on. Every single Tuesday, Mark Stein joins us. So oh. you tune in here Tuesday, and you're going to hear Mark Stein. Okay, that's that's great. And, and the second question I have is uh, saving from the Alabama football coach he just uh dirtied his name big time and he came out uh urging uh cinema and and uh to what's his name yeah he's not the only one it's coach saban you know um nba star jerry west a bunch of athletes from west that that hail from west virginia decided they look this is what democrats do they try to coalesce a bunch of celebrities in this case celebrities that are kind of have been out of the limelight, some of them for almost 30 years, to say, 
oh, this is a good thing. This is what I mean when I said earlier, this is all ego. None of this stuff is going to persuade a professional politician. This is all designed to create a public perception that this legislation is a must-do because the entire public wants it. Professional politicians know when they're being scammed with the Democrat playbook because they play the Democrat playbook. This entire thing, this entire fiasco that will take place in Washington, D.C. tonight is Chuck Schumer's doing. And it shows his ineptness as a Senate majority leader. And this is why my political analysis is progressives, don't you blame Joe Biden for this? I mean, Joe Biden, yes, he has his own problems. He may not even know what's going on. I understand all of that. But politically, this is all failing, not because of the House of Representatives, not because of the executive branch. Everything that has failed has failed in the Senate due to the inept leadership of Chuck Schumer. Now, am I glad that it's failing? Absolutely. But this entire fiasco the Democrats are facing is the fault of Chuck Schumer. Where do we go next? We're going to head back to the island and say hi to Jody. Hi, Jody. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. Hey, James. Uh, I just want to talk about school lunches because I was, I, I was brought up in Brooklyn. I lived in Queens for 30 years, and I finally moved out to the island for a better life for my kids and my daughters. Yeah. And uh, exactly what you were saying, uh, the last caller said about the peanut allergy, which is 100% correct, because I'm not allowed to give my kids peanut butter. Well, I didn't put peanuts in it for the, for, the, for the school lunches out here on the island. And it was like that in Queens also. And my kids also went to private school, Catholic school. So basically, uh, I pay for them to go to school, even though we have a great school district out here and everything else. But it, it is so hard for parents because, like, I can't even put, like, cookies in a lunchbox. they got to be sealed. You know, I can't buy, like, a box of cookies and put them in Ziploc bags. They want everything, like, individually wrapped and sealed and stuff like that. And it just makes it so hard for us parents to prepare lunch for the kids, especially I got a 12- and 16-year-old. And uh, Jody, this is amazing to me. You know what this points to? Why parents like you, and I'm sorry, like you, like me, like other parents, this is, what, this is why, this is how, what has happened in Loudoun County, for instance, has happened, where you have now all this explicit material with this agenda in these textbooks and how these people are telling you they won't, don't want parents involved. We have ceded control of the schools to the liberals, and we have to take them back because this is absolute nonsense. And, of course, if you want to prepare your kids' lunch, you should be able to prepare your kids' lunch based on what you want your kids to eat, <clears throat> not what some school bureaucrat says your child should eat. So, again, this points to the battle that we're facing. We have given up control of our schools to liberals. We have to take them back. Where do we go, Rich? Thanks for the call, Jody. Let's head up to, let's head out to New Jersey and say hi to Susan. Hi, Susan. Welcome. How are you this afternoon? WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. Hi, James. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, Susan. Thank you. Uh, So my thoughts are... That everything that the Democrats do, they do in terms of deflection. So I kind of call it uh, deflection timing. Right now, 
we have Chuck Schumer about to call a vote. Right. Within the last two days, he was found out to be possibly in collusion with his daughter, who runs... Um, She's employed by... Both of his daughters are employed by big tech companies. One of them by Facebook, the other I forgot which company. And just as like Pelosi, who made all this money in big tech and nobody knew. And so, yeah, Susan, you have a point there, but I'm going to tell you something. It goes deeper than that with Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer, despite the fact that he thinks he's brilliant, is incredibly inept as a Senate leader. He is inept. And all that we are seeing, this failure, colossal failure of the Biden administration, the linchpin where it all fails is the United States Senate under Chuck Schumer's leadership. And if, look, I want it to continue. Let Chuck Schumer stay in there because Chuck Schumer is the absolute worst Senate majority leader in terms of tactics and in terms of getting things done that we have ever seen. And his ego is what's driving him. He thinks single-handedly he should bend the will of Kirsten Cinema. He should bend the will of Senator Joe Manchin. He should bend the will of Republicans. And so he'll just make these pronouncements. We are going to do this on this date. We're going and he doesn't have the votes. You get the votes first. That is what true Senate minority leader, majority, or Minority leaders do. You secure your votes first. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here. Such a pleasure every day, my friends. We're back tomorrow. We are New York City, and we are New York City strong. Despite all that is going on in this city that is wrong, we are the force of right. We will turn this city around. We are the greatest city in the world. And we are America. The greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. God love and protect each and every one of you and your families. We're back tomorrow. Until then, have a great night. Bye.